0: So on um, Christmas Day, we were having some sound issues, and um, so I thought we weren't gonna have sound, and so I brought this music stand down on the floor so I could project better, and then our sound came on. But I actually liked being down here because it made me feel closer to you because when you're up there, you feel a little little far away. So now I can get really in your face while I'm preaching. Um, But Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you had a good uh, holiday. I know a lot of people are still traveling, but it's good to see you all here on this first Sunday of the new year. Um, So I don't know about you, um, but um, on this first Sunday of 2020, uh, my heart is feeling particularly heavy. I'm just wondering if anybody else might feel that way, just some, some heaviness. And as I'm sure you're aware, um, President Trump um, ordered the killing of um, General Qassem Soleimani of Iran this past Friday, you know, inflaming these already volatile tensions in the Middle East and, and stirring fears of retaliation and possibly war with Iran. Australia is on fire. 12 million acres of land that are burning across the country. Like I can't even wrap my, my mind around this. And then, of course, there are the stories, I mean, these are the stories that have the top headlines now, but we know that there are places around the world every day that are wracked by human suffering and violence. Every day, the South Sudan, the refugee crisis, families still separated at the border, and these stories that no longer get the headlines because our attention has already moved to the next immediate (coughs) crisis. And more personally, um, my father-in-law is dying. And Jimmy left on San Francisco on Friday, for San Francisco on Friday to help him move to a hospice. And um, that's hard for the family. Um, I know there are many of you um, who are in similar positions. You're carrying heavy things into the new year, and maybe it's similar to our family. You're caring for a loved one who's in decline or struggling. Maybe there's financial difficulties that you're facing. There's uncertainty about the future. Uh, Maybe on the surface, everything is is actually really great, Um, and yet there's this constant feeling of just anxiety or loneliness or depression, and you can't shake it. We have many ways that we deal with what's unfolding in the world and in our lives. So some of us, we take it to social media, and we just let it all out there, You know, or we take it to the streets. Some of us go into denial um, about what's going on, and we shut down emotionally. Like yesterday, I went shopping, and I watched Little Women, which is a great movie, by the way. You should all go see it. And I sat at a bar by myself, and I drowned my sorrows in a bowl of ramen. And so, you know, today we are observing what what the church calls the Feast of the Epiphany. It's actually technically tomorrow, but we're observing it today. And the word epiphany, it means to reveal, to manifest, to illuminate. And on the Feast of the Epiphany, the church celebrates how God has revealed God's self and made his glory manifest to the world through Jesus. And so we always tell the story on this day about the Magi, sometimes they're called wise men, and they were a combination of scholar and royal priestly astrologers who were sought out by kings for their wisdom. So we always tell the story on Epiphany. And, and the reason why we tell the story is because they were the first Gentiles to learn, or, or to whom it was revealed that Jesus was the Messiah, the King of the Jews. And so one thing that I love about the church calendar is that no matter what's happening in our world or what's happening in our personal lives, it's always the same every year, in and out. It's centered on the story of God in Christ, and it orients us to and helps us inhabit that larger story that our small little stories are, are swept up in. So we started with that hopeful longing and expectation of Advent where we're just longing and waiting for the coming of Christ into our world. And then we move into the 12 days of Christmas where we're celebrating the incarnation of Jesus, the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. And now we move into the season of Epiphany. It's gonna lead us all the way up into Lent and how this glory is revealed in Jesus to the nations. And I'm always struck at how both, how dissonant the church calendar can feel and also how timely it can feel depending on what's happening um, at any given moment. So it didn't escape my attention as I read this story this past week um, and weekend that these wise men historically have been thought to be from ancient Persia, which is modern day Iran. And how dissonant it feels that President Trump ordered this drone strike to kill one of the leaders in modern day Persia right alongside this beautiful story of these Persian wise men following the star to seek the king of the Jews. It's like human kings and divine kings side by side in these stories that shape our lives. So in our gospel reading for today, we have the human king, King Herod. And we know both from Scripture and also from historical sources that King Herod was this cold, calculating, ruthless political operator. So he wanted power. He wanted control. And when the Magi came to King Herod and they're inquiring about the king of the Jews and where they can find him, the text says that he was frightened. And so he did what actually all of us do when we're afraid and we don't want to give up control. We hustle. We hustle. What I mean by that is that we attempt to manipulate the circumstances to bend the universe towards our will. So look at all these action verbs that are applied to Herod. It says that immediately, he called together the chief priests. He inquired of them where the Messiah was. He called for the wise men and learned from them when the star appeared. You know, he sent them to Bethlehem to search diligently for the child. He starts tweeting. You know, the man is hustling. Why? It's because he's afraid. He's afraid. He rules and is controlled by fear. And in the second half that we didn't read today of Matthew two, once he learns that the wise men have left without telling him where to find Jesus, he orders all the boys under the age of two to be killed just so he can ensure that he can stay in power. Fear and violence are always connected. And human history is no stranger to insecure, cowardly, morally bankrupt men in power who rule by fear and thousands of people are impacted by their actions. You know, how different is the other king in this passage? You know, the true king. So when Herod asked the chief priests and scribes about where the Messiah is to be born, they turned to the prophet Isaiah who said, and you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. I mean, can you imagine what our world would be like if our rulers were more like shepherds, you know, who care for their sheep, who lead them and guide them. Like that beautiful picture of the Lord is our shepherd in Psalm 23, who leads us to green pastures and still waters so that the people that they lead can live and flourish and in peace and freedom. Like what a contrast King Herod, who's got all the trappings of worldly power and military might to force people to bow down to him. And with one word, command of mass killing, much like the rulers of our day, And then this vulnerable child in Bethlehem and how the the wise men followed the star all the way till it led them to Jesus, who is called the morning star in the book of Revelation. And Matthew says, when they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy, not fear, but joy. And they knelt down and paid him homage, opening their treasure chests. And they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And the Anglican um, Bishop and New Testament scholar N.T. Wright talks about how when this child grows to be a man, different gifts will be given to him as the King of the Jews. A crown, but one made of thorns, and his throne, a cross. And at that moment, when he breathed his last breath for the sins of the world, for the world that he loved, instead of a bright star, the gospel writers tells it, tell us that there was this unearthly darkness and a Gentile soldier saying, truly, this was the Son of God. On the Feast of Epiphany, um, Orthodox priests will um, do house blessings and sprinkle the house with holy water. And in one version of the house blessing, it says of the Magi, they presented him with gold because he is the world's true king, the merciful Lord, worthy of our gifts, service, and our vows. They blessed him with incense that sweet-smelling smoke might rise evermore from our altars to the throne of his majesty, worshiping and blessing and magnifying him, the one true God. They offered him myrrh because soon it would anoint his immaculate body, preparing it for his burial. So on this first Sunday of the new year, I just want us to ask ourselves, like what star are we following? And what like quote unquote king are we seeking? And it's really just another way of asking, like what is the focal point of your heart and mind as you enter into this new year? You know, maybe like me yesterday, you're focused on the kings of the earth and how short they fall from our desires and expectations. You know, maybe also like me, it's it's this star, you know, this one, you know, your illuminated screen on your iPhone. You know, as you lose yourself in social media and you're growing either numbed or incensed by the infuriating things and inane things that you read on there, I think the invitation this morning is to fix our hearts and minds and remind ourselves, like the wise men of ancient Persia, onto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who is Jesus. Because it's only when we do that you know, only then that we can go into those hard places of our lives and our world with faith and hope and love. You know, those aren't just like like sentimental words. Those are real and hard and gritty things. And everything in our world is like powers of, of darkness are arrayed against faith and hope and love in our world. But it's only when, when we can focus our eyes on Jesus that we can face the darkness with the light of Christ and delve into the brokenness of our lives and our world with the healing of Christ and into violence and conflict and aggression with the peace of Christ and plunge into our grief and allow ourselves to feel that grief with the love and with the comfort of God. You know, on a a super practical note, um, there's actually a prayer tool called the Prayer of Examine. um, And I actually left copies of it um, on the back table Um, Because I think, you know, I can come up here and I can say all these things to you guys and be like, just focus on Jesus and all will be well. You know, that's that's not what I'm saying, that all will just be well. But what I do want to call us to as a church in this season that is a hard season, and this upcoming year is going to be a hard season as we, you know, anticipate a presidential election this November, and things are going to get messy and chaotic, you know, in our country. Um, that we need spiritual practices that can help us in practical, tangible, and concrete ways. And the prayer of examine is a way of, um, it comes out of the Catholic tradition, the Catholic Ignatian spiritual tradition, which you're you're gonna hear a lot about this year because I, I, I love this tradition. And essentially what it does is it helps kind of guide you through this process. And it's just something you can pray every day. It takes like maybe five or 10 minutes and a way of helping you to see God in your life and in the world around you. It's very practical. And in fact, if anybody is interested during coffee hour, I will take like half an hour to guide you through this so you can use this. It's sometimes called the examine, sometimes called a faith, the faith awareness exercise, but it helps us to see God in all things, even the hard things, even the painful things, and to see that truly the word was made flesh and dwells among us. You know, God is with us. Christ is with us in these hard things. Um, and so I just commend that to you as a practice for this upcoming year. So would you bow your heads as I pray for us? God, we um, just do come before you with, whether it's the heavy things in our hearts or whatever it is that we carry into worship today and into this new year. And like the wise men of old um, who brought their treasures, it says they opened up their treasures before you. We open up our hearts to you God, knowing that your glory shines there, that you are present there, that you are with us there. We pray, God, that as we see these things unfolding in our world, as we see things unfolding in our lives, God, would you fill our hearts with faith and with hope and with love, with courage, God, to be the light that shines in the darkness of our world. Lord, would your light shine through us. And as this prayer that we prayed earlier in the service today says that by the leading of the star, you manifested your only son to the peoples of the earth. Lead us who know you now by faith to your presence, where we may see your glory face to face through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life to come. Amen.